I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there and welcome to The Gong Show. My name's Steph Postuma. I'll be joined by Andy Burns and Simon Evans to talk all things food and hospitality in the Illawarra. We'll bring on local chefs, business owners and producers as guests and we'll bring in things for show and tell to talk about our favourite products or equipment. And we'll also cover some current affairs and what's happening in the world of food. This week we are talking about online reviews and how they affect small businesses, how they affect business owners and chefs and the different pitfalls of some of the different platforms and also how they can be a positive thing for chefs and how chefs can learn from them. For show and tell, we also bring in some of our favorite cookbooks and talk about how they've influenced us. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Let's do this. All right, welcome to the Gong Show, episode number eight. My name is Steph Postuma. Thanks for joining us. With us, as always, is Andy Burns. Hey, guys. Master Chef at Babyface Kitchen and Simon Evans. Morning. Uh, potato peeler at Kavok. <laughs> Thank you both for joining us. Um, start off with an acknowledgement of country. We'd like to acknowledge the Dharawal people who are the traditional custodians of the land of the Illawarra and pay respect to the elders past and present. Guys, first things, obviously... Uh, Start off with new openings and closures, but I don't really have anything to talk about in that space. Has, has there been anything new open that you guys have noticed or heard about? Probably. Don't, don't think so. Oh, there's that. Hang on. There's, there's there? Miss, Miss Lee's. Miss right Lee's. Oh, They've yeah. taken over that old Mia's cafe and restaurant space. Yeah, okay. Four Ways Grill. Or that, but, was yeah, well, Where I is think it? Can we... Uh, so, <laughs> you can't point so, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point so from Kavo, it's so, down the road on the left. On the, yeah, down from Rookie yeah. on the left. And right next door next, to food, the new... Next food, to, new no, that's the thing. It's new new Field World. Field world. Oh, oh, yeah, and the Food World changed locations. Yeah. 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 They've changed? really gone a long way there to they move all the way across the road. Well, it's a lot bigger. Yeah. And they have opening hours now. Like, we were trying to go there for a very late lunch. They don't do and it anymore. And they were like, so we're closed. And we're like... <gasps> yeah, they're closed from 3 till 5.30 yeah. or something now. Mm. Which is, devast- Which is when, de- like, devastating news. All the chefs went. Yeah, mm. pretty much. So, so they've ooh. moved. Miss Lee's is there. I think Miss Lee's is apparently the old owners of Food, yeah, Top food, Chef. Well, yeah, top, 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 cho- top Choice. Top Choice. <laughs> yeah. That's what I read as well. Top Choice. The names are great. I think I'll be uh, Top Choice tonight. To yeah, honest. hitting the social media pretty well. It's Food Miss Lee's. I think they're trying to just, you know... Step up a bit. Good, really. yeah. Good to see. Um, anything else? Hello, so. Harry's closed. That, oh, that's yeah, been, closed that's been closed. That's been closed. Is that where the world is now? Yeah, yeah. yeah they're okay. moving their spot. Apparently but they've yeah. moved. Hello, Harry's moved, and so now Dapto, I think. Dapto, yeah. 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 Okay, so Hello, Harry and Dapto is open. Yeah. 
And then you need a burger in Dappers? Another burger joint in the Illawarra. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's that? Uh, Down and Out? Sneak. Oh, well, there's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, who are currently being sued by In and Out Burger. Yes. Which I think is quite yeah. All right. Recent dining experiences and stuff worth mentioning. I, I, I want to quickly start by giving a shout out to Aunt Chut Chut. If yeah. anyone hasn't been there, but myself, Simon, and Luke from Howling Wolf had a meeting thing down at the town hall a couple of weeks ago, and we went to this little Vietnamese place, which is sort of behind Lee and me, down in the town hall, and it was amazing. Have you been there, Andy, yet? I have. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. It's, Did you enjoy it? No, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the food, amazing, but yeah. like, I just... I, when the menu comes out and it's in a little school book. Yeah, the food was good. The food was good. Yeah, yeah. The food, the food was fantastic. It was ve- everything that we had was vegan. I had a um. Yeah, I think it's all. Is it all? Vegan I think they changed it all vegan. No, yeah, yeah. Think that, oh, that was. No, just I think the they're permanent vegan now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they've changed. Yeah, right. um, was, so yeah, if you're a vegan, get down there. But yeah, the broth was pretty. I couldn't insane. believe that that was a vegan broth. Yeah, like I had mushroom and mushroom noodle soup with tofu and stuff, and it was very, very, very flavoursome. Yeah, great. yeah, it was very unique. Mm. It was, uh, it's cool to have little places like that that. Are, just doing what they want to do yeah uh, and it's in a like, environment and just like opening it I think apparently they just don't kind of open whenever they yeah. open like it's yeah, not yeah, open right. so they've open got hours but then they no but then like people show up like the boys yeah at the restaurant kind of went at when they were supposed to open they're yeah. just like oh we're not open for another yeah. hour or so we're not, <laughs> we're not, we're not ready that sounds like really yeah, authentic nice. Vietnamese yeah, yeah. and I think, and I think like, I, I like you know I like that I like to see a menu that's you know, if you go to a Vietnamese restaurant, especially a lot of the, the ones, you know, around here, the menu are quite similar across all the different venues. Mm. So, you know, Vietnamese cuisine is so diverse, even regional within the small country that it is. And it's awesome to see a place that is doing some different things, things that aren't so familiar. And yeah, just yeah, doing true. what they want. I really yeah. like it. Yeah. It's really cool. It's not the same menu as the other five. Yeah. Mm. Well, and they've, then they've changed the menu weekly or fortnightly, yeah. I think, as well. So that, that, I mean, that's pretty impressive by anyone's standards so would recommend Archwood shoot sweet uh, other dining experiences we were at the Dolphin on Sunday Dolphin I dined on a lot of booze <laughs> okay and we did eat I'll get there um, so we had the uh, Wet Dreams from who was it Joel Amos from Drinks Maurice from the Dolphin and then I think Monty Kolodrovich had something to do with it but then they had chefs from they had Mitchell from Acme Luke Howe from LPs and Paul Carmichael from El Fukusiebo. I think there might have been a couple more. Anyway, they, they were the ones I saw. But then they all did different pizzas and had a little pizza party, they called it, from four onwards. Tasting was one to four. Four onward pizza and more booze. Um, we had a couple of pizzas. Oh, they were really good. Mm. Sounds like fun. It was, it was just a heap of fun. Yeah, good place, Dolphin. Yeah, I good, actually good. went there recently as well. Yeah, good for a drink. Great, um, great wines, great beers. Yeah. It's actually the first time I've eaten there. Yeah right. Yeah man, yeah. it's so fucking good. It like I just like simple food, clean flavors, yeah. good produce. Like I mean, you can't really beat it yeah. for, a, for a for a hotel. Like, yeah, I mean, it's well, it's a good yeah. spot. They yeah. got they got the bar. They have a, like the wine room, and then they have a restaurant, and there's bar food. So there's like so many options. There's something. There's definitely something for everyone. Here. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. If you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking spot. about the Dolphin Hotel in Surrey Hills in yeah. Sydney. There we go. Crown, Crown, Crown Street. Crown Street. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Good stuff. Anyone else? No, been nowhere. Simon, been nowhere. Cool. No. Been at Chef's Choice, Chop Top Ooh, Choice, I'm trying, I'm trying, to food to world. Yeah. trying to go to Food World. And yeah, 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 yeah. Try that was my, my opportunity to eat out. Sweet, no, Sorry, denied. Oh, I went to um, I went to Super King on Sunday night as well. Oh, yeah, there you go. It was really good. So yeah, yeah. Get down. Super King's pretty good. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. And the service, always service with a smile at Super mm. King. And if you're lucky, he'll give you a, uh, just a piece it. of meat while you're waiting. Yeah, just don't call it a kebab. Mung on, yeah. <laughs> just a mung on. Yeah. Slinging it. All right. Well, I think that'll do us for um, an intro. Again, uh, let's. I just want to also say thanks again to uh, Dan and Shannon from Something Wild for mm. the last podcast that we did. That was really awesome. And yeah. It was a privilege to speak with those guys about what they do. Um, yeah. That was a really cool one. So thanks again to those guys if they're listening. Um, let's get straight into Real Talk segment two. What we're talking about today is online reviews. Um, it's a big subject. Like I think that maybe some members of the public out there who aren't involved in the hospitality industry maybe uh, don't understand how how much it affects uh, businesses, hospitality businesses, restaurants, bars, cafes, and whatever it is. These online reviews and some of the we probably want to also talk about yeah some of the things that people don't you know see when it comes to online reviews like you can leave a review you can be a member of the public just a diner but you don't really understand how it affects people um the actual people that are sort of Mm. behind those businesses so you two being restaurant owners um i kind of want to just like ask you guys some questions and stuff and, and get your thoughts on it and stuff and i'll throw in whatever my experience is but i was i was going to start with this preface right we might be in a little bit of a bubble sometimes in terms of what like what we look for in good food Mm. like you you guys both have you know high level restaurants and uh and the funny thing about something like TripAdvisor is that Domino's is on TripAdvisor kebab shops are on TripAdvisor um and you know and you know there's a huge population out there of people who like different things and sometimes we being people that are really interested in food and especially like high level food and stuff like that there's probably an inherent sense that places that put as much work as you guys in to their product which is way different to say a Domino's or a kebab shop um, deserve more cred on online reviews than other places maybe so and and they've tried to mitigate that in things like TripAdvisor by dividing it up into different sections and you can choose between fine dining and all that sort of stuff if you're looking for mm. to read reviews and things like that but at the end of the day there's still like the main thing when you look at TripAdvisor for example is like search by rank and everyone in Wollongong is ranked in the same list from fine dining places to Domino's yeah so it's a bit of a weird and squirrely world and I just wanted to sort of say that you know yeah preface it a little bit yeah I think also it's hot topic in hospitality and has been for almost a decade now but it's probably something that the public non-hospital people don't particularly think about or or even talk about it's, it's just there as a tool mm. so it just, it's definitely very skewed um, towards the way we interact with it mm. uh, compared to a lot of other people but yeah I mean in essence we're getting we're in the same list as as Domino's as yeah, like kebab shops, um, which which isn't always a fair comparison because you know I I, I could rate a Domino's order out of five, but I, I think I'd <laughs> I could safely say that <laughs> if I came to Cavo as a customer, I'd want to give that more than the five, being the standard difference. So that's always a bit of a, a strange way of of reviewing anything. Exactly. All right. Well, anyway, look. Let's um. Let's we'll start with that sort of preface that that we do understand that it's, you know, it's not just high level places that are being reviewed, and it's 
you know, it's hard to sort of navigate sometimes. But anyway, guys, what um, what are the main online review platforms that you, that you guys get reviewed on and that you guys pay attention to, Andy? We we don't have Facebook reviews for, okay. ba- for Babyface. We do for Two Smoking Barrels. Um, Google, I guess, is another one. And then Dimmy, which is our, that's our booking, um, mm-hmm. our online booking system. So I, I like Dimmy in the sense that if someone gets on there and gives you one out of ten for, like, for it could be they don't like someone. Like, we've had someone give us a really bad review because they didn't like someone that worked in our restaurant, for instance, which you can do on Facebook too, but you can't ask Facebook to take it down. Mm-hmm. If you contact... Like, we can contact Dimmy and say, this is ridiculous. Like, how can someone give us one out of ten? Like, when we know we're... A, when we're, like, nine out of ten on Dimmy over, like, 200 or however many reviews, mm-hmm. yeah. they just take it down because yeah, okay. they see it as biased and, and unfair. So I like Dimmy in that sense. Um, Google... I, I'm not even sure what we are on Google. I, to be honest, I don't pay too much attention for my own restaurant, right. and it's hard to—it's hard for me and probably Simon too, and yourself, because you're so involved in the industry to gauge how people really do use these yeah. these things a, as a guide to where they should go. Because I go to Sydney, and I'm like, I'm not on Tripad. I don't—I don't have Tripadvisor yeah. to even look at if, like the app or whatever. I just say I'm going here because I know it's good. Yeah, mm. we all know that. So I—I I personally struggle a bit with all of it trying to figure out how the public actually use it mm-hmm. um yeah so we'll, we'll talk about that a bit later that's some of the things that i wanted to ask you is like mm. how you guys actually use it functionally and simon you guys mostly similar similar platforms TripAdvisor. Um, andy you didn't mention TripAdvisor. is that something that you guys well, we're, we're, to as well? we're on, well, I, on I, that's what I was, I was saying well i don't know what our score is or anything yeah. on google or TripAdvisor. um well, you, you have to. Like, do you have a choice? I don't even know. To like, be on it, yeah. Uh, I, I think. I think you, well, we're just on it. Well, you don't. Yeah. You don't put yourself it, it, on it's, there. It's yeah. user. So I think, like, if you haven't been, say, you're in your restaurant, you haven't been reviewed. Someone has to like create your restaurant for you. I think, yeah, right. and then, then you. But once that's done, I think you, you can you know, create your own and take over. And then you have some. Oh, can you? Um, yeah, so then you can reply to things right. as as owner things like that. I just have no idea. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, there's like TripAdvisor, I think, is the the main one, especially. Um, I mean, from my experience in the UK as well, that that was it was actually much more used um, than Australia. But um, there's there's also weird ones. There's like uh, Yelp people. Some people Yelp in Australia, but I think like Yelp's not many in the states. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then, okay. Yeah, yeah and, then and then Facebook, so Google, like like, would you get a surprising? Surprisingly, amount good amount of Google reviews. Yep. Um, but it's, it's never something I've ever really looked at to to see the rank of restaurants in Wollongong on Google, per se. So there's there's, there's kind of more than you think. But I think mm. um, Dimmy, like Andy was saying, which is is part of our booking platform. The main difference with that is that you have to have gone to the restaurant. So when you have a booking, once you've finished your meal, um, a couple hours later you'll get an email prompting you to to leave a review. So I think mm. the, the main difference with that is that. We know at minimum those people have been in for dinner. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that that's key with what we're probably going to talk about with TripAdvisor later. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's let, let's talk about that now um, with TripAdvisor because it is fraught with some sort of things that make it challenging. You know, there's there's a bit of foul play going on, mm. if you will, on TripAdvisor. But um, as you say, Simon, I think TripAdvisor's yeah, like you say, it's bigger in the UK. And it seems to me to be one of the ones that is probably utilised by tourists a lot more. Yeah. And Wollongong isn't necessarily a really high tourism area. Um, I know that when I 
when I traveled to like Vietnam, even Bali a little bit, maybe like in certain areas of Bali, I'd know where to go. But other, like if I was like looking for a place with a really good coffee or something like that, yeah, I'd, um, I'd look at TripAdvisor. I've, I, I don't think I've ever used TripAdvisor um, in Australia other than doing research for cookbooks. Mm. But um, but yeah, I think it's used more by tourists, and and it's massive. Yeah, I mean, in high tourism think, areas, it's really yeah. important. Well, TripAdvisor started yeah. with with hotels. So, so that was their, their, their main thing. So I think um, I was doing a bit of reading last night and the guy who started, he uh, booked a hotel through a travel agent and realized that the travel agent probably hadn't been to that hotel either at all or not in the previous year. So he had no idea what, what was happening. So that he came up with the idea of oh, if people could leave reviews on it on an online forum, then he'd be able to see someone review from the week before when booking. So, it, I mean, it started with very good intentions and... Um, I think yeah, like as a travel tool, I think it's it's used mainly. But then obviously that's spilled over to restaurants as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, you can review anything. I think I saw someone like reviewed a park once, right? And they were like, so you can just like, build an account for kind of anything. Yeah, they're like park them. three stars. Yeah, <laughs> you're like right. Fuck is a park too? <laughs> yeah. It's an average park. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can review yeah like just places in general. You could be mm. like Wollongong two stars. Interesting. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I guess this like sort of we can talk about yeah the shed at Dulwich, which was an interesting case of a journalist from Vice making a documentary about a restaurant that didn't exist that he invented that he put on TripAdvisor and got to number one on TripAdvisor in London without oh no in, yeah in, in, in London, London yeah, yeah. yeah in yeah. London without actually having a restaurant yeah that didn't exist. Um, yeah, Simon. Do you I, to I think that I think that sums up basically in one story. That the problems <laughs> with TripAdvisor is that you don't. It doesn't have to be actual venue. Um, TripAdvisor don't check these things. They do have algorithms and people checking through, but obviously it takes some time. Um, this managed to slip through the cracks. So, a uh, guy invented a, a concept restaurant that didn't exist. Got his friends to give it five star reviews, and it quickly got out of hand and rose to the top to be the best restaurant in London um, and I think he had to give an email address and a phone number so he started getting people calling up to, to come to this over amazing over restaurant and over yeah. and over and so over. I think that's when the, the vice thing came about where he decided to like just make the restaurant in his back garden and like it's, it's pretty funny because he tries to make it like the wankiest worst restaurant you could think <laughs> of like and just uses like shitty store-bought ingredients and, and knocks out Packet some food. minestrone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like everything, like everything's just super pretentious and, and like overly hipster. But people seem to actually like enjoy the experience as well. Like, so that, that, I mean, that was probably another thing that where people can be influenced by everyone it's else. the placebo effect. Well, it's yeah, I think he got, he got some yeah. actors in to yeah, like, to act like, it, like they were really enjoying <laughs> it as well. So mm-hmm. then obviously everyone else is kind of like, Third thing was just like, oh, no, it's actually it was really, really, really special. Well, there was people trying to book as they left, trying to book again. And he yeah, was yeah. Laughing and laughing, mm. like they just tried to book like, yeah. again. That's yeah, like, and they had as they were leaving. What yeah. was that? What was the one they had? Like, oh, macaroni. They had this like store bought. They said everything, the food cost and everything was one pound. Yeah, yeah. And they, on each dish, and they had like a store-bought macaroni and truffle macaroni and cheese yeah, or yeah. something in these like <laughs> fucking f- disposable foil trays that they were just heaping out and yeah. saying, oh, here's some for- <laughs> so the chefs foraged these leaves. Like they just had <laughs> yeah, this yeah. fucking, who knows what they were putting on top of it. Mm. But I thought it was hilarious when it's like, it's showing the phone, the phone ringing and he's just saying, 
we're full, we're full, yeah, we're yeah, full. For months, Sorry, like. we've got like this has just happened, you can't come in, this yeah. has just happened and then it just got more hyped and more hyped and more hyped without even existing. Mm. And, and I, I think I think you might yeah, might just go all with through all this, um, without TripAdvisor taking it down. I'm not sure when they actually got to it, whether he had to inform them. But I mean it just shows that like with TripAdvisor you don't you don't have to have been to the restaurant. You can still leave a review. You can leave fake reviews. You can leave a review about something that doesn't exist. Uh, you can make up facts and reviews. So they, that is the that's the main problem, mm. um, and a problem they've had basically from their inception, and they still have it. I read they just got fined like six hundred thousand dollars in the in the US for fake reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, obviously, right. it's obviously a problem that has been around the whole time yeah. but they, they haven't managed to fix. The, yeah. the problem that's affecting restaurants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that's on the... I, I, I can't say... Probably some reviews we've had have maybe had uh, things, the information skewed maybe, but I, I don't think I've ever had a review where I was like, I don't think that person came in for dinner, or I don't think that person came in, or I don't right. think that person's making up. But yep. definitely um, in some... You know, probably tire areas in, in sort of suburbs of even Sydney and London, things like that. I can imagine that other businesses are reviewing other businesses negatively, getting their friends to do it yeah. because because it would give you an advantage mm. in, in an area like that. It I think does it, happen. I think, yeah, I think if you're looking for Indian restaurants in wherever, that's probably when I would maybe use TripAdvisor. Yeah, and I think that's probably when a lot of people would, would use it well, to, to, pitch, said, to yeah, like, pick out between yeah. five different Indian restaurants. You're like, well, in a high tourist area, as yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, that, that could have a massive effect if your score was. Yeah, that little three bit points better or whatever. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, like I guess I guess when it comes to TripAdvisor, like yeah, it it's fraught with sort of yeah inconsistency and variables and things like that that mean that you're not necessarily getting the most accurate representation of the highest quality venues in a place. And another thing is, you know, yeah, venues can actually there's you know there's offices full of, you know. This is just a fact. There's offices full of people in the Philippines and in India and in you know the subcontinent places like that. That all they do is do things like leave fake reviews, give fake Instagram likes, yeah. and do all that sort of thing. That's a that is actually a very yeah. large there's, industry. There's web pages you can go to, and you can literally you can click and buy fifty positive. Uh, Facebook reviews yep. or TripAdvisor reviews or 100,000 followers on this or that. So other. it's interesting and, and I think I, I think that a lot of people know this I don't know maybe maybe it's just being you know within the industry a bit that um, that that we do know this but maybe people kind of know it but, but TripAdvisor is still used as you know like a pretty good sort of Yardstick of what seems, the quality seems places to be are. Gospel to some people. Yeah, like, a lot of people. You look yeah. on there. We got a review a couple of weeks ago, and David like looks at all of that religiously. Like I don't have to because he comes in and tells me if we get a bad one or whatever. It's good. It is good to know. But like <laughs> he looks at it a lot, and he pointed out one, and I looked through like looked at it, and this person had left like there's people on there that have done eighty. Yeah, yeah. Reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There's people that take it very seriously. I'm sorry, that's pretty comical to me. Like, if you if you have a full time job, and, and outside of that you take TripAdvisor yeah. so seriously that you think you're some sort of reviewer that people are going to like, but I don't know, do they? Like, do people go, oh, I'm going to follow what that person says? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you get little they they give little badges out, and you can mm. be a local expert oh, and things, things like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you bloody can, mate. You bloody can. Local expert. That's. Um, I, I think that. Yeah. Like, Mitchell's, I would probably. I mean, not yeah. not all the time, but someone who's left a, f- like a few more reviews, and if they are maybe taking it more seriously, that's probably not a bad thing. 
Um, I think maybe it, you can like you can click on their stuff and and see what the balance is between good reviews and bad reviews. As yeah, well. yeah. So oh, like, okay. I think that if you, you'd probably assume that most people have a bit of a balanced you know thing if you see if if you see one that has is skewed like more one way or the other i don't know like yeah. i guess you just got to if 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 you're actually into it and if you read them you've got to just sort of take it case by case and yeah. see if the like if 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 what they have to say has some merit and things yeah. like that and I'm, well, I think, it's, I think, an, it's an interesting world and yeah. it is interesting that there are people out there who have like 80 reviews or whatever mm. and kind of have this badge of being um local expert you know an yeah. important expert yeah. and things like that um, so i think that's as a, as a when when you get a, a review, generally a bad one, the good ones obviously you take and you, you never question if they're if they're accurate or not. You're like five stars, I agree with it's, you. But um, if you get if you get a you know, three or two or one, I think the first thing you do is you read it and you try and work out. And I, I, I do this if I look at other people, other restaurants' reviews. You can kind of read between the lines and see like, are they pissed off with something that wasn't the restaurant's fault, or are they exactly. being over the top? So I think yep. um, in any case, you you, you try and review the reviewer and work out if, if, they're, if they're making sense so, so you can go guy. back and look at their reviews if they've just slagged off everyone and they've given like everyone one star then I'm, I'm going to take you less seriously yeah. if, if you've got some well wrote well, well written out reviews well written out reviews well wrote because you got a right wrote good eh <laughs> um, if you've got some well written out reviews of places and they're all fair then I'm probably going to look at your review of my restaurant and go, okay, right, where did we fuck up? What did we do wrong? Yep. Is there a way to make mm-hmm. it right? So I think, yeah, that, that's our kind of first um, yep. phase if we, if we get a bad review, which so obviously never happens. I, well, I want to get into that a little bit later because I've got that um, in here in my notes. But one of the questions I had was, I guess when it comes to places like yours, you both do eight course, eight course menus? We're, yeah, we're about to eight now. About eight each, yeah. Oh, we, yeah, we do like what an eighty what, five, six, menu? seven, eight, yeah, whatever it is, and a lot of people, items, a lot of people yeah. go for that experience. And the thing about that, for me anyway, is firstly, so these are all the these are sort of the differences between people's dining experiences and and the way that they would critique a place when they rock up to one of your places as uh, compared to if they go somewhere else that's that's more simple. So. You could go next door to Opus and just buy a coffee and and have your coffee in there and be there for 10 minutes. And the things that you're judging that, like, so firstly you walk in with, if, you, if you've never been to the place before, the expectation on what coffee is like, maybe you have heard about it, maybe you haven't heard about it, but the expectation is definitely not the same as if you walk into one of your places for dinner. And then you've only got one thing to judge that place on, which is the cup of coffee that you bought. And... You know, Opus makes fucking great coffee or whatever. Mm. And so, like, if you have a really nice coffee there, for a coffee, five stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you've, you you could give that five stars because you just got a coffee. Mm. But you walk into Babyface or Cavo where you've heard about these places before, potentially, you know, like, people talk about it, whatever, you guys are in the media and stuff a bit. Um so expectations much higher, which which is already makes it harder for you guys yeah. to get a better review because your expectations are high. Prices are higher, so people are expecting, you know, a, a massive like experience because mm. you're, val- you're going to be value paying for and value. Money. The time that you spend there is longer. So yeah. at Cav, you might be here for a couple a, a couple of hours over a long yeah, like if you do a few courses and menu, things like that. Two and which means that hours. when it comes to service. There's just more margin for error. Yeah. So you know, like it's you know, 
you might have a bad night or whatever it might be or someone might not like you know someone might might have done something where they expected you know people might expect you to put a, a, a napkin on their lap at a, at a restaurant like this and that might not have happened or, or, or something and then that's an expectation that, that you guys failed on in this one person's opinion yeah. so there's just more margin for Eric because you're there for a long time when it comes to the servers and then you're also eating way more dishes and consuming way more wine which means that depending on the different tastes of the people like in that venue it means that there's more margin for error as well and there's more potential for you to not satisfy the customer not because you're not doing the the job as well as you possibly can and executing things how you want to perfectly but just because everyone's tastes are different mm. so i think that yeah it's just really really challenging to be on to be all amalgamated into this same list of who's the best and who's not the best because you can go to opus and get a coffee and give it five stars because it was sick and you can sort of come to Caveau and if that whole package isn't five stars then you get four stars yeah. and you know you've put in a shitload of effort and yeah. all that sort of stuff and that takes you down the ranks and it's sort of judged on the same thing and then we and then it's kind of like up to the public when they re- read the reviews to try to sort of differentiate okay well I understand that Kevo is a place Kevo or Babyface are places like this and that this is a cafe or this mm. is a kebab shop or whatever it might be but when it's just a list in front of you with five stars or four stars or three stars or ranked number this this that yeah. or the other it's it's hard to sort of disseminate that and, and yeah, yeah. don't go into it well, you just yeah. rank aren't you yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, even at five stars I mean like like, are you going to have a better experience um, having a five star meal at Babyface than you are at a Suva King exactly yeah, I think yeah five stars for the kebab on Sunday night you've already had a pretty good experience on Sunday night with that that kebab but I mean you're in in and out of the kebab compared to to going to restaurants so even at like the positive it's uneven yeah Um, but I think it comes down to the fact that you're getting reviewed by people with different knowledge levels different incomes um, different expectations um, so everyone, and everyone's kind of got their, a different criteria in their mind. Some people would be more focused on the food and service can be out the way. Other people more on service. Um, so I think because uh, the, the one thing with like with Dimmy is because it's out of ten, which always gets me a bit. Like I would be happy if everyone gave us like eight out of ten. So I'd be like eight out of ten. That's really good. If I was like rating a restaurant out of ten, like I wouldn't give anyone ten because ten would be like perfect. You might get like a nine point nine. Yeah. But then some people were like, "Oh, it's so good, 10. And other people were like, "Oh, it's so good." But I went to I went to CP the other day, and I gave them an, I gave them a nine point five. So Kavro's not quite there, so I'll give them an eight point five. So like, even in in within the criteria, you get these different level of reviews. So mm. you get you get 10, 10, 10, and then you get an eight. But the people probably had exact like as good a time as each other. So there's, there's and so there's some slightly kind of confused systems and different systems going on which makes it a bit unbalanced and even sometimes Mm. yeah interesting and I guess that's where for the people that yeah I guess that that's where the guides and stuff come in to to have to have that consistency across their review systems and stuff and the guides is probably another conversation that we'll have later but like when you read a uh, City Morning Herald review if it's a fucking awesome place you might just get 15 out of you know exactly you might yeah. get 15. maybe 16 maybe yeah. 16 yeah you know what I mean yeah. and that and that that says to me like that there's a really really well thought out and well you know a well done system in place yeah exactly. whereas yeah. when it comes to online reviews that's just not there which means like it's really hard to 
it's really hard to use use that place and and, and consider it sort of an authority and and, mm. and a really definitive guide. It's hard yeah. as a restaurant to to know what you should take from it as well. I mean, we like I have a general rule with any review we get, whether I think the person's just being over the top or whatever. It's like we pick it apart and say, okay, it was that person on this night. Could we have done something better? Were, were they right about this? Like, did we do this wrong kind of thing? And in saying that, we you know we've got a pretty good. <clears throat> We get nice reviews a lot of the time, mm. but there is something to be taken, I think, from every bad review. Whether you think the person's a dickhead or yeah. or is being, you know, or is being genuine or whatever it is, there's something to be taken from every review, and that's how restaurants get better. Yeah. So they're good in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. At the same well, time, let's let's talk about because I want I want to I want to know like how your reviews affect the way you do things. Well, exactly like, what I just yeah. said from, I, from I, our point it, of view. It's like, it's hard to gauge. Like, I mean. We're generally the top of most of most things, most most review systems. Um, does that translate to more business? Not sure. Um, it, it's very hard to, to sort of to to get that information and get any sort of analytics from from TripAdvisor things like that. Um, we don't really push people to review us on TripAdvisor either, which I, I think quite quite a few restaurants do actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's very hard to gauge whether it actually helps your business and wh- whether other factors actually come into play. Well, that's mm. what I meant. You know, when I said we're so like we own a restaurant, Steph's so deep into the the industry, like it's hard to gauge how other people exactly utilize mm. these. Like, like I mean, you you say you utilize it when you're like maybe being a bit of a tourist, yeah. Like which which I get in a touristy area, but like Wollongong isn't. So yeah. and, and as a restaurant owner, it is hard to know how yeah. people are using these systems and. I mean, all we can do is you, you've got to just like look. If someone gives you a negative review, you take the feedback. Um, you say, okay, that's cra- That's a crazy thing to say. Or I know, you know, I tasted yeah. that. It tasted fine to me. Maybe it just wasn't to your taste. Yeah. Or yeah, we fucked that up. Yeah. And don't do that again, please, so and so. Or you need to do this better. Yeah. Or yeah. boys at the back there, you oversalted this. Like, you yeah. know, let's let's have a look at your seasoning. Mm. Yeah. I if I look like some a lot of the, the the worst reviews we get tend to be ones where it, it's it's some point of contention like we had one over a gift voucher recently that was three years out of date um, so left yeah us not a, your fault so they, yeah <laughs> so they left us the one star review that they didn't even actually have dinner so and and you didn't own the business then oh no this this was recently <laughs> this no, was the, one, uh, no, the, the, voucher. the voucher oh, oh yeah 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 exactly like yeah you we, didn't yeah, sell that voucher yeah which, which, which again so yeah so we, we explain this um, so they actually have dinner here but where was a, there was some there was contention they obviously left feeling annoyed and left the one-star review. Um, I mean, is that fair when, um, you know, with, with the circumstances? No. Not particularly. In my opinion, Yeah, no. not particularly. Um, well, you're not reviewing it, the restaurant. Well, exactly, yeah. Like, like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a voucher policy. So it's, um, and a lot of, lot of the one-stars you see of, of sort of restaurants especially are, are weird ones like that. Like, it will be something quite trivial mm. a lot of the time. Or it'll be like you know a, a thing a, a thing of a money at the end or the bill or whatever. Yeah. Rather than just being r- rather than being constructive, the one stars are very rarely constructive. I find mm. um, the sort of two or threes might have something in it the, where you take it. From. The thing about that as well, I think, is that um, yeah, it's if 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 there is something like that, if it's not just like you went out and had the experience and for you know whatever it might be a multitude of reasons you it didn't live up to your expectations and whatever that's when you give a review you know like that's when you sort of try to identify these things but if it's a point of contention and something strange like the voucher policy or something 
that seems to be to me to be something that you work out through an email to yeah, exactly. to the restaurant yeah, yeah. not not over TripAdvisor or over a Facebook review yeah. or something like that so yeah. I I recently had a pretty like well not recently a couple of months ago had a pretty bad experience at a place at um, Tramsheds in Sydney and and it was purely service it was purely the attitude of one it was pretty bad of though, one person it? yeah <laughs> it was pretty bad and I'm not a I'm not an online reviewer so I just like I, I just thought look if I was the business owner I'd want to know this mm. so I emailed emailed the business and said look this is what happened like this was the attitude of the person essentially what happened was they they were they want they obviously sort of like wanted to close we were going to be the last few people in there but they they gave us a table and stuff and basically just just smashed us through they gave us like all the food that we ordered at the exact same time it all got like really cold and and the guy and and the guy that was serving us um said some really sort of basically just said some like nasty really patronizing things to us and i emailed the emailed the business owner and said this is the situation they're like i'm so sorry and they were just so professional and so good about mm. their response and they gave us a refund for the whole meal yeah and that's kind of definitely i think a more sensible way for people to deal with certain certain things yeah yeah than than it is yeah than well, it is to just well, go on facebook and back. give it yeah, a big yeah, rant yeah. Well, you know it, what it I mean? shows difference i think like I think a lot. I've read some things about people basically um, using a one-star review as a threat, <clears throat> and I think um, sometimes it is a bit of a customers have an idea of like, well, if if they don't do this or don't do that for me, then I'm going to leave them one one-star review, and they, they, oh, they, yeah. they, then they won't want that, so they'll they'll do it. I think so. There's there's there's. Do you want the place to improve and learn from your experience, or do you just want to vent to mm. to to the internet? Mm. I think that's the difference a lot of the time. I think if you really actually want to want the place to change and, and do it better then and, and not have someone else have that experience then, then send them an email so yeah. send them a, send them a well it's, worded it's, email and it's much I guess more that's, constructive that's a uh, I guess that that's basically just like it, it depends on the mentality yeah it's like you say something. it just depends on the mentality of the people it's like are you approaching this with a with the mentality that these are people behind this restaurant and I want them to be successful like I want all the rest of the people in the world to mm. be happy and successful so I'm going to be constructive and try to help them through this experience or do I have the shits because something went wrong and didn't live up to the expectations and stuff and what I'm going to try to do is seek my own small form of sort of retribution by by putting all my all my sort of like anger and stuff online and, yeah. and I don't know I think the constructive way about going about doing things where you see some positive results out of it is is yeah. definitely definitely I mean, a more productive thing. Yeah, I think myself and I think if you, if you send us an email about something wrong, we're going to take you a lot more serious than if you just put a, a review on online. Of no, and if you sense if you you know had the if you you're, you're more willing to discuss it and talk about your experience over email or phone, then we're more likely to to do something with like whether it's it's give give you a glass of champagne next time you come in or. or, or Sling some extra items on the menu, whatever or it is. Or a voucher. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that 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 it's a lot more receptive for restaurants because I think you don't, and you kind of want to be able to repli- reply online. Like I, I see some really people restaurants who do like some restaurants do it really well. Um, it's like Catalina in Rose Bay. They they reply to all their um, TripAdvisor reviews. They do it super well, and obviously someone has the time to go through them all mm-hmm. and do it. Um, but I think like we don't reply because most you know, either you apply to all of them good and bad and that, that takes a lot of time 
and replying to bad ones is hard because you don't want to get into a, an argument which is on the kind internet. of inevitable yeah yeah so i mean you try leave and it to, alone yeah so yeah so you, you can try and take it offline but mainly we just we just leave them mm. we, we don't we don't touch them we don't reply to them it's kind of not worth getting into that that's that arguing match on, mm. on a on an online platform yeah. So, um yeah I, like I, one of the things that we touched on just before that i wanted to talk about a bit more was what do you like what do you think about when it comes to your level of dining right and and the way that sort of higher level dining is going now a lot of places are really truly a reflection of the philosophy of the chef that and chefs are sort of lauded for sticking to their guns and doing what they want to do in the kitchen however unique or sort of left of center it might be uh, you know, using the produce they want to use, exploring the the different flavors and, and ingredients that might not be so familiar to the public, and sticking to what they do and and, and letting that really be an expression of you know their evolution as a, as a chef, um, and and you know that's what it is at the top level of dining. It's 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 a, a lot of it is about the chef, like who is the person at the center of that that menu. Mm. Where does it sort of come into play for you guys? Where you might you might be really sticking to your guns about doing something a certain way, but you might be getting certain reviews, and you see there might be an opportunity there for you to alter things to make it more appealing to the people that don't necessarily understand what you're doing, um, or just sticking to your guns and and hoping that there's a there's a patronage out there that are going to understand what you're doing and really appreciate it. And I think another aspect that comes into this conversation is. Where like how qualified do, do reviewers sort of need to be, or should should they be to review certain places? So, for example, um, at a restaurant that I used to work at, and this is just one that that sort of stuck out to me was uh, we had a really there was there was this beautiful duck tortellini dish on the menu, it was like coffee mm-hmm. duck tortellini with some peas and a nice sauce and some uh, duck gizzards. Yeah, right, and it was fucking delicious. Yeah. Like it was beautiful, and then like we got like a, a one or two star review from a place that said I, I had the tortellini dish. I didn't realize there was gizzards in there. Who would eat duck gizzards and stuff? Yeah. So obviously this person just kind of did not at all understand what, yeah. what read, read the, the chef was trying or... to do there, yeah. yeah, and gave them a bad review. And you know, like, d- should the people be vetted for their? food knowledge and like well, an, an understanding of, what are you supposed of, to do of the place? Yeah. like what do you do that's yeah. why these that's why these forums are yeah. like anyone can anyone can write on them it, it's super hard to it's tough yeah it's super hard to to review food objectively because it is quite subjective matter um i think again what um my, my old bosses used to both be food inspectors for the um aa guide in the uk it was probably the, the second most respected guide in the uk so that the, they sort of uh told me a lot about the, the way they go about reviewing and it's trying to, to make it objective so the fact you don't like an ingredient doesn't mean it's bad it's being able to taste the ingredient you don't like and be able to decipher whether it's cooked properly whether it's seasoned properly whether it's been treated properly whether or whether it's of, of, of a quality ingredient mm. and most people just go i didn't like that dish therefore it was shit mm. and sometimes they'll tell you that. Mm. so it uh, but I think obviously chefs you have to do it like we have some dishes on that there's ingredients I don't particularly like but I have to taste it and decipher whether it's good or not 
So whether you've utilised them properly, as yeah. you say, seasoned properly, exactly. is, it, is it being used like as it should? Is it balanced? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is, it, is it contributing to the dish as it should be? Yeah. That's the way we think about it. But yeah. just, a diner's not necessarily going to think about like like yeah. what you said. So exactly, they're going to yeah. say, "Oh, that was shit. Yeah. I didn't like it." Yeah. So I, th- I think if someone has a problem with a, yeah dish because they didn't like they don't like duck then it's like well of course you're not going to like that dish like, <laughs> like if you tell us and we try and do something but um, I think as, as soon as someone says that wasn't good because I didn't like it that their their opinions kind of gone, gone downhill from there mm. it's hard on a tasting menu too yeah. like we put things on there that like we've had people have the boudin we do like this really simple boudin flatbread Delicious. a couple of things and pe- people have had it and said I've never eaten burden and I wouldn't eat burden but that was amazing mm, yeah. and then I've had other people just sort of send it back saying I'm not eating that mm. like why are you sort of having it like let us kind of guide you and, and maybe you'll find something new that you like mm. and maybe that will contribute to like why you liked the restaurant and reviewed it well mm. or so different tastes are going to contribute to whether yeah. or not they've liked the menu overall mm. yeah exactly and sometimes you get people who come in and obviously haven't like do don't know what you do at your restaurant. Like don't know what the food you do. Don't know the style. Like or why? Um, or, or even, even the price. We, we've had we had a table the other day who booked a couple of days before, came in, and just hadn't looked at the price. And when they when they when they sat down and saw it, they just realised they, they didn't want to spend much money. Mm. But I mean, but like the prices on the website. Like yeah. when you book, you have to. You know, click to, to we get that, that a bit menu. with walk-ins like, yeah, like, yeah 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 we'll, walk-ins fair enough yeah but I think <laughs> if, if, if you're booking a restaurant like look into what they do see if like check out pictures check out the social media yeah, yeah. walk-ins that happens yeah like yeah. like, but yeah so I think um, booking's a bit different yeah like mm. I mean if, if you if you don't like natural wine don't go to Babyface or, or go to Babyface and don't drink wine have, have a cocktail have a beer you know like, when it comes to like you talked about sticking to your gun stuff yeah like the point, like, we've really, really tried to do that. Yeah. And we definitely took a hit, a lull for a while in how busy we were. But, I don't know, it's a, it is a fine line. It is a fine line in Wollongong because it is, you know, we don't have as big an audience as Sydney or Melbourne do. And what we do with our wine list and, and I guess, the food as well. I'm just speaking for Babyface, not Caveau. Um, Simon can do that. But, like... It is different, and we want people to have a bit of a different experience. And you know, our flavors are different too. We use a lot of like koji, like a lot of umami basically, and it's not a very familiar flavor. Like, we use it with you know, Australian ingredients and maybe techniques from Japan, Korea, and Australia, and stuff that you know that we've learned or I've learned through my cooking career, and it all contributes to the overall experience. Mm. But, But, like, if you don't stick to your guns to an extent then like in a restaurant that charges as much as we do then why what the fuck are you doing like why am I doing it yeah. if I don't want to stick to my guns and and hopefully down the track be recognised a little bit for it and have people that I respect and care about like it mm. you need to have bums on seats yeah and that is important in Wollongong especially at this time of year but again if you're not going to stick to your guns what's the fucking point? even even like 80% you know, we might throw a wine or two on there. This is a crowd pleaser. You yeah, have to yeah, do that. Exactly, we want people yeah. to drink wine. We want pe- and we want people to enjoy it when they come to the restaurant. We would love it if they tried something new and enjoyed it. We've definitely got something for everyone. But we we have stuck to our guns big time mm-hmm. with a lot of what we do. And, you know, we've had some great people come down and do some collabs with us because of that. Um, people that we have massive respect for in the industry that 
you know, people in Wollongong Kong might not even know who they are, but if we're Sydney or Melbourne, everyone knows who they are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's hard to to sort of fancy. I guess your I question that, a bit. It's yeah, hard. I think that I think that you guys in a very different position being here in Wollongong as well as as to if you were in Sydney or Melbourne or one of those sorts of places where there's just a larger population of people who understand that chefs do stick to their guns and yeah. they go to a place to try something different yeah. rather than going that's supposed to be a nice restaurant I'll go there they're yeah. like I understand what this place does I've heard about this chef I see that they've done some cool events yeah. and things like that and I want to go see what this chef is doing yeah. and it's a completely different sort of like mindset when dining yeah. at a place like that because there are some places in Sydney that do some you know left of centre stuff yeah. and they're really well supported because people go yep that's yeah. what this fucking it's place more does common, it's more commonplace for diners to think like that but <clears> it's also more commonplace for restaurants to be doing something like what Cavo is doing at the price point it's doing it yeah, doing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and same as Babyface yeah. like, mm-hmm. price point is low we're, like, we're viewed as expensive yeah, down exactly, here, yeah, yeah. in Sydney we're definitely middle ground like we have a $65 menu yeah. and an $80 menu that is not expensive like in mm. my eyes that's not expensive yeah, yeah. Mm. I think um, to also kind of pull it back to reviews and sticking to your guns I think if say one dish gets mentioned once in the review you probably won't pay much attention if it gets mentioned two times you might have a look at it yeah. and you know so like they're sticking to your guns and then there's being um, sort of very stubborn about Pig-headed. it yes <laughs> Pick it yeah so you um, gotta find that balance yeah so I think if if, some, if if you're getting multiple people saying that dish isn't right or I don't like this or I don't like that about your restaurant then then you should you should always look at it you should be always open to to change with, within your I mean if, if it's if, if, if you if you really like that dish and it's it's out there and you want to keep it on then, then all, by all means go for it but I think you, you have to put up with the, the criticism then yeah, yeah and don't, don't whinge about yeah, 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 yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't fucking there's something to be taken from all like as I said in my eyes there's something to be taken from those reviews yeah and yeah. if it is a common, common yeah, so yeah, thing if you, yeah if you find something like that then yeah then, then you've got to look at it and do, do something about it so I think you should, you should always stick to your guns about your your, what you want to do but ethos yeah but be op- open to you not being having the perfect palate or, or the perfect mm. wine knowledge or know exactly what the customer wants and, and sort of be open to that but yeah. it, it is hard like back to what you said as well Steph with you know like the ingredients we use the producers we use all that and we know so much about it and that is what you're trying to do as a restaurant you you really need to have a baseline of, of what you're not going to stray from yeah like we mm. you know we have our farmers contact us on Sunday, Monday, and say, this is what our list is for the week. What do you want us to pick for you and send to you tomorrow? Mm. And, and if you come in and think that the you know our veg dish that we've got on is for 26 bucks is a bit expensive, then I'm really sorry, but that's what it costs because that's what these, you know, like that's where we get our produce. And I'm happy to talk to you about that. If you But if you want to talk to talk about it at the restaurant, I'm, ha- I'm happy to come out of the kitchen and talk to you about it. David, Jen, they'll talk to you about it. But if you just jump online and, and smash us with a review because you mm. thought it was too expensive and you really don't know what you're talking about, then I can't really help you too much. Mm. Like, but that's what happens. Yeah. But you have to have that baseline of that's this is where we get our produce, this is what it costs, yeah, and this is what we're going to do. And mm. if you know if it's not working in the area, then it might be time to move somewhere else. <laughs> like if if it gets to that point where well, your yeah. baseline of what you want to do isn't working because you're getting smashed with bad reviews, then what, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But reviews do have that effect, one way or another. The mm. positive ones are—I mean, we talk about the negative ones, but the po- like some people leave like flattering and lovely reviews. And when someone like someone said they didn't really like wine until they kept coming to our restaurant and, mm. and tried, you know, like it's so different and so drinkable. Some of the wines we have, and 
they really love wine now and they love it paired with the food because it works so well when you get a review like that and you've changed the way someone thinks about something that people drink all the time like mm. that's really flattering mm. and that's a bit reassuring for wh- what you are trying to do yeah so it, you know it's not all negativity it, it yeah goes, it goes so let's both talk ways. about the positivity yeah let's talk more about the positivity do you do you guys do you guys receive much f- correspondent like feedback via email via non um online review sites do you like how what's that 10 90 to online 10 percent right maybe an email for yeah, us like yeah we, we don't get too many i mean most people who really enjoy will sort of tell us in the night and then there's probably less mm. less less reason we, we obviously get some people who take the time to email us and tell us how much they enjoyed it and i mean again to be honest we probably if we get if someone emails us tell us how much they liked it we'll probably React better to that than a, a good review on yep. on things just because they took yeah, the time to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's very personal as well. That's the difference. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, it's definitely it's it's kind of skewed in in chefs' heads as well because we we have amazing reviews and, and very very little bad ones. But you can get ten good ones and you'll be yep cool yep cool yep cool and then yeah. the, the bad one comes and you'll be like oh fuck it's all shit I'm reading you know what's happening. Sell the place. I'm rethinking, rethinking everything I'm doing. Yeah. Jen's like, calm the fuck down, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Andy. Like it's yeah. good. Like it's got to be a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, yeah, especially like, like being, being in, you know, having only owned our own business for uh, eighteen months for us mm. and a couple years for Andy. Like, especially like, the first, the first couple months we we bought it's home, Fucking nerve wracking. Like the first bad review you get is just fucking horrible. Or even the first yeah. like four or like, yeah. eight on Dimmy, and you're like. So like and it, people it, don't realize what they're doing to yeah, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like so yeah, that's it. Like let's talk about sometimes. the like in terms of like the psychology of it. Actually, before we start on a little bit on the psychology of it, um, I want to after what you just said, Simon. I want to put a little call to action out there to the public, and just think to yourselves next time you go out and you have a really really good experience in a place because the majority of people don't leave reviews yeah me and I assume both of you guys being non, uh, non-review I've, leavers I've literally every time I've been in a restaurant recently whatever. I've, said, I've said I'm going to start reviewing places positively that I like yes yeah. and I always yeah. fucking forget exactly to do it. so yeah. the majority of people out there including all of us um, I think don't leave think reviews people but worse if, you, if you go if you go and have a really good meal somewhere Simon just said it if you send them an email, if you if you send them an email and just say, "Hey, just wanted to let you know we had a really fucking nice time at your restaurant. Um, it was great. The person that served us was lovely, and the food no, was you, awesome." You'll make you are making someone's day. day. Yeah. Yeah, so you like, really you yeah. really can, like that goes such a long way. Two lines in an email goes yeah. such a long way for people that work so fucking hard, and on the opposite end of the scale are negatively affected by the negative reviews and those sorts of things that come through so mm. if you can be bothered get out there and give props to your favourite yeah. places because yeah. they love I think, it I think there is this might just be paranoid chef talk but um, I, I think there is a thing of like almost everyone who has a bad time will leave a bad review but not everyone who has a good time leaves a good review because I, I feel it's a bit skewed like that so I, like again if you went out a nice time get on but here's, here's my two cents it. on that people leave bad reviews because they don't have to have face-to-face interaction with a human being, which mm. is the case nowadays with social media, Facebook, the way people communicate generally. Yeah. People don't necessarily leave good reviews because, as you said, Simon, on the night they might walk out and say, thanks, David, our restaurant manager, thanks, or thanks, Laura, like that they've had interaction with over the night. We had such a good night. It's our anniversary. Please thank the chef for us. You guys are awesome. That is their good review. Mm. Yeah. They might leave and then throw something up just because they're nice, like you've just sort of called to action. They want, to, they want to do it and they want to be nice. But if they have a negative experience, like a lot of times, a lot of the negative review, reviews we've had 
they'll sit there and say everything's fine we've had a good time thank you cheers David nice to meet you walk out smash you yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because they don't have to do it face to face because mm. that's the fucking world we live in these days mm. so that's you know that's why you don't necessarily like we get a lot of positive ones and, and as I said our, our scores are, are pretty good like I can't complain on the, all the sort of separate um, forms we've talked about but that's the nature of it people don't want to have face to face interaction some people mm. do they'll tell you they didn't like something and that's cool we'll, we'll try and fix it on the spot for you you know I'll sling your dessert whatever like, like let's sort it out and then they'll leave happy because mm-hmm. it could just be one dish out of a tasting as we've talked about mm. but a lot of time people just don't want to don't want to yeah, have the um, back and forth about it so mm. they just do it via yeah where they don't have to like totally. know if they're offending someone or not so maybe again that's just another like yeah, just be a bit mindful of the people on the other side of the computer screen, maybe because, yeah. you know, well, chefs in general, like, you guys are working so many hours, yeah. and it's a stressful job, it's a high-pressure job mm. and stuff like that, and then at the end of it all, at the end of all that work, to, to have someone rip you to shreds, and you've just been, all you've been doing is trying your hardest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does have, a, like, that's, that's where the psychology sort of comes in, I'm sure, like, mental health in hospitality in general is an issue and and this is this online review system that's just come in in the last decade or whatever is just adding a new level to that yeah i I, I think like yeah Yeah. like i I, i'm pretty chill like and they less so now when we first took over definitely there was a lot going on we're fucking exhausted like they they were they were pretty stressful for a little bit until we decided just let's just stop worrying about it obviously obviously overall we're doing all right um but i'm pretty unstressy kind of guy so I imagine that if you go if, if someone's a bit more under the pump and they're working hard maybe their business isn't doing isn't doing that well at the time a yeah. couple of bad reviews could really fucking really but that's you a, like you might not know what's going on at home or whatever yeah. there's like all sorts of problems that people could be having and it's and it's interesting because it's it's the only it's the only industry and I think we've talked about this before yeah. but it's the only industry where people get oh, yeah. critiqued as hard yeah. as as hard as it is for what they do for their yeah. occupation like it's not if only the jobs like, you get rated all the time yeah. about yeah. like how like, like about how you look we've got even, like, yeah the, the waitress was scruffy the waiter was scruffy like, yeah. like fucking hell like, the, like we've got a well, a royal friend. commission into the banking sector going on at yeah. the moment for all the fuckery that's yeah. been going on. Yeah. And the there's nowhere where people can leave a bad review for their financial planner who took their, you know, their their trust fund or whatever and slipped yeah. it into some weird development project and lost half of it and who doesn't give a shit. Like these yeah. people do not get hold, held accountable yeah, in public. We're getting and it's fucking destroyed. I I ruined someone's life. <laughs> So it's 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 crazy like that, and I guess it's it's because people eat you know three times a day that they yeah. have you know a sort of have an opinion about about these things. But yeah, it's 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 tough that it's one of the only industries where because it it, it does come down to individuals. Like you, if you look up either of your restaurants on Google, you'll find an article that mentions either of your names and has your photo on it. Mm. So you can link that to you know it, it goes to an it goes down to an individual. But like if you have a you know, if you if you have a bad experience with whatever other industry, it, it never gets back to a person. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? You exactly. never see your own it's never your own individual self expression on there getting torn to shreds, yeah. which which makes it really hard when We've it comes to the mental health side of things, out. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, on, yeah. like name, not though. by name, but like. Oh not, yeah, very obviously who, who it exactly. was. Exactly. It's you know who the server was, you know who the guest was that mm. night. And like I've had like staff crying. Yeah. 
because of well, how hurt exactly, they are yeah. by what got said and they're like I didn't even know like that I did that or yeah, yeah. this person just clearly yeah. didn't like that or sometimes that there's, there's person one, is just a jerk like yeah. but it, there's there's, yeah, there's a different a level. Like, it's one thing like saying like yeah we own the own the establishments fine like we, obviously we're the we're the buck stops so we take responsibility but like when you name like someone who's just working casual or when you like refer <laughs> someone who's working like working part time you while they go through uni like that's pretty fucking low yeah that's pretty bad you need people to try their best anyway I you know I guess we don't want to sound like massive haters and and, and whingers and stuff here but yeah again to the public. It, it does affect people's mental health like so maybe just give yourself give yourself a day to, to if you have a bad experience whatever it might be you might want to just give yourself a little bit of time to cool cool off and, and think about that it does affect people on the other side and then leave your review rather than maybe doing it in the heat of mm. you, you know just having had a bad experience or whatever it might be um, you know there's yeah there's there's just people that are affected by it and um, people should be mindful of that sort of thing. Yeah, and there's like, people I think, affected by your positive ones in a really positive exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like think think about whatever job you do and if you do if it's like almost every day someone like rated you out of five. <laughs> like, that's, that's like, so true. Hey. Like, like that, you're like fuck. That's really weird. Like <laughs> if you're like at your real estate agent there in your in your office or yeah. whatever, just imagine if every person that yeah. you sort of held a relationship or not even held a relationship with like as far as a commercial property or yeah. residential if they were just smashing you without yeah. five reviews every time you did an inspection at their place yeah 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 oh fuck I'm gonna start doing that but like <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's the difference hey. yeah well, think of that poor park that got three stars in that person yeah that poor park oh, those poor park. fucking trees are in there yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> got feelings whatever do um anything else on this subject guys because we'll, we'll move on in a sec but um yeah it's a big world again I don't think we're here solving the world's problems we're just sort of giving trying to give people an insight into what it's like for people in the industry you guys um yeah i don't know i don't i don't, I don't know if we've come up with any ideas on how to make it better other than other than just to call out to the public and just say you know be constructive um give more positive reviews like and through through email is yeah. a good way to do that mm. people you know there's other people there and, and just consider people um as well yeah don't Pretty know. much, yeah. Anything else, guys? Like that, the overall probably positive. It's nice to get the good reviews. Yeah. It's, it's good to get the 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 critical ones. Um, but yeah, just just being a bit more mindful that, that there is like we're not especially small independent restaurants. There's there's someone at the end who's who's worrying about about what you said. Um, and you know, and worrying that they've done something wrong, really. Mm. Um, or they, they, you know, because we're in the business of making people leave happy. So when someone doesn't do that, we fail at our job for whatever reason it is. So definitely just being mindful of, of the impact it can have and trying to make sure you're, um, you're fair. Yep. I think it's the thing. Mm. I think that's the main, the main thing is restaurants want fairness. Like if we did good, tell us we did good. If we did bad, tell us we did bad, tell us why. But just be fair with it. Yep. Yeah, we're not, we're not a, a building with chairs and tables there's mm. there's people serving and there's people cooking the food and there's people starting early in the morning and there's people to, that really really care you know like I mean yeah. it's it's one of those industries where it makes no sense for you guys to be working the hours that you do for the pay that you get compared to, compared to other reasons yeah. the only reason why you do it is because you fucking love it and mm. you're really passionate about it and like if we care that so that much about something when you get torn to shreds for maybe a bad night that you guys had because you were understaffed or whatever it might be yeah, it does have an effect. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's leave it there for real talk. Um, 
All right, let's move on to Chantel. Uh, this week we decided basically all of us would just bring in some of our favourite cookbooks and talk about them. Um, yeah, the cookbook industry is fucking crazy. It's like they still just keep selling. You know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> people that, that just have... People just buy it. I was talking to Mari, her name is. She owns the bookshop in Barrel, the, one of the bigger bookshops in Barrel. And she was saying that there, she has a lady that buys every single new cookbook that comes out, basically. Yeah, wow. And there's, and there's people like, there's a lot of people like that. Yeah, they're not cheap yeah. either. And they're not cheap. <laughs> that that Illawarra cookbook's just... 40 bucks. Oh, what? Leave a review. Yeah, let's start reviewing That's a lot. I've got one review. I've actually got one Facebook review. Yeah, right. From Muzzy from Key Canteen. Nice one, Muzzy. Gabby Five Stars. Thanks, Muzzy. Shout out. Yeah, cool. So let's start. Uh, who wants to start? You go. You got one. You got yeah, one. You're, you're, right you're there. Well, man. I I think that. Did you boys actually like like I know most chefs have them, not all actually read them. I think Do you guys use cookbooks. That uh, much? Did you look through them, or is it like look through once or then? Like, occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about how we use them. Okay. Because we, we we have shit tons between me and Tom. We got just lots upstairs, and we we very much encourage the the, the apprentices to take them home read them and like I think yep. when we're sort of planning a new menu you might just sort of flick through a couple and you might grab a little recipe here or there or a piece here and there hopefully not the whole dish so mm. as, long as, you, as long as you can yeah. read through like I remember we, we and Tom read through Bray when we first got it and then a lot of dishes we came up with in a couple of weeks were like is that just straight from Bray You're like oh yeah it is it was oh. in the back of my head <laughs> oh, yeah 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 and you can work like that but it's, it's super good for inspiration and that's kind of how how we sort of use them is just flicking through randomly and you might see a little piece of a dish that you might want to use somewhere or that might inspire you to do something else. Exactly that. It might be <clears> a, a recipe, like I think I've started like a, a sorbet, for instance. Yeah, just like, like you'll start with, oh, hang on, this base and then you change this, change that yeah, and yeah. then it suits, it's suited to what you're doing with yeah. it. But it, it Paste, is, pastry especially. For me, it's like if I am feeling a bit flat as far as inspiration because um, I'm the only one at our restaurant that puts dishes on the menu, etc. Um, it is, it, which is hard to keep up with when we change produce all the time. I, I will use the books f for that just to get a little snippet of something or, mm. or how, oh wow, there's a cool product. I haven't used that before. Mm. I'm gonna get that, taste it, use it a few different ways, starting with the way in this book and then go from there and add it to what we do. Mm. I think as a chef, that's a great way, but then Mm. Steph, how do you? Like, what, what do you do? Yeah, so I guess I, I guess I use them in a lot of different ways. Um, in obviously my profession, I use them in a lot of different ways. But I guess I first I'll first talk about how I use cookbooks in general. Um, I buy multitude of different types of cookbooks, and I think that it's important to differentiate between the different types of cookbooks that there are. And yeah. there's, and like shout out to some of these absolute timeless pieces of you know cooking history like I think like Stephanie Alexander's Cook's Companion David Thompson's Thai food mm. um, The Art of French Cooking and, and things like that these are these are reference books that people use to learn how to cook and really like Stephanie Alexander's book doesn't have any photos in it you, That's you use that book yeah, right. in order to, to to learn how to cook to to figure out what food is yeah. it's it's amazing and I have a bunch of different books and the only ones, generally the only ones that I actually cook from are 
the ones like that, the ones that that provide you know simple, more simple recipes and things like that. I'm mm. not a chef, so I don't use them for like I don't I don't take a book like Igni, which we've got here, and use it for inspiration for anything that I'm yeah. cooking. Um, and that's and that's sort of the way the two different ways that I look at cookbooks. Like I I use some for inspiration for what I'm going to cook at home. I recently got a new one. Um, just about Chinese cooking. It's yeah, just yeah. like a compendium of Chinese cooking. It's a fight and book and there's another one coming out about Japanese yeah. cuisine and things like that and I find them really interesting to sort of give you some inspiration and inform you of how to be cooking at home and stuff. Mm. So that's what that's sort of like one way that um I see cookbooks and then on the other side of it is um cookbooks just being a beautiful piece of art almost and yeah. a representation of what a restaurant does or a different type of cuisine or whatever it might be and I use them as a reference and um, some as sort of inspiration and to give some ideas on how to do what I do in making yeah, cookbooks yeah, yeah. because the level of production quality and stuff out there in cookbooks nowadays is just amazing mm. you know if, if, if you want to have a book if you want to make a book like what I do if it's not up there with some of these books that we have around us now in terms of quality people see that when they pull it off the shelves and look through it in a bookshop like away, you yeah. need it to you need you need to put all that effort into your graphic design your photography the way that it's set up and laid out and there needs to be so much thought into all of those aspects so let's talk about igni andy that you've got there because that's mm. like Igni's a, a, a book about Igni restaurant in July. Out as well. And the reason I brought it, I, me and Andy both brought it. <laughs> I, I just brought it because I think it's it's it, it's the production of it for me anyway is absolutely beautiful. And when I look at a book, I look at the design, the photography, yeah. um, and and you know just just flipping through it, you can just get such an amazing sense of yeah. What this restaurant is and neat. why it's so unique. The photography in it is fucking out of control. It's, so, it's, it's great. Like, it's yeah, and and I can't remember the name of the photographer. Um, they'll find it in there somewhere. Julian Kingman. Yeah, mm. Julian Kingman. But he, I, th- I think he used all film. Yeah, right. For this one, um, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure if he did for the food photography, but um, definitely all film for sort of the 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 portraits of Aaron and, and, and the stuff going on around the restaurant and it's it's just amazing it's so textured and it's just a, a beautiful book and then as as you know you guys as, as chefs might use these for inspiration but um, for me it's just interesting Th- this is a story as well you know yeah. it's, more it's, of, a, it's more a book a that you actually read it's a story with a few recipes exactly yeah. <laughs> it's a book that you actually read it's not a, it's not just like it's quite, it's quite just recipe we cook in tonight yeah yeah Suppose you, but you both got the same book, but for different reasons. Whereas you're looking at it as a design point, and I imagine Andy was like, "What I what I liked about the book was it was a very, very honest insight. Fucking real, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, it's pretty real. Um, from from everything from the sort of the, his, his bit of his backstory to to what was going through his head while he's opening a restaurant, and mm. that, that's that's not really seen. Every kind of chefy cookbook has like the little story of where they came from the glory yeah yeah yeah, yeah but not 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 the, not the nitty gritties that, that was pretty refreshing not the fucking dark long days yeah yeah and it, it, getting it, up it, in the morning it, when it, you don't particularly want yeah. to accept it it needs a dark read it's pretty it fucking dark I got I got fuck, I got real dark <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to touch it anymore according to my wife yeah. it's, I don't very, know, it's very just, very it's very dark oh, and yeah. when you very, you can relate to it when you want to be really good at something which I do as a chef I think you know any chef like that's a big part of the industry and lives it wants to be as fucking mm. good as you can it's 
it's hard and like that reading that book was really real about the struggles you you know the self doubt that yeah. I think any chef trying to be good at good in the industry goes through mm. um, you know and like it relates to reviews and stuff as well like in mm. that sense it it's a hard job yeah and it's a really re- it's a fucking Dude, real it, 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 I want to I'm going to read an excerpt from it because this like it, for people that haven't gotten into some of these books these these books that are actually a story about a place this one is the most personal journey of a chef that I've ever seen in a cookbook I'm going to read the last paragraph of this section called The Last Service you ready? at this point I found myself starting to cry and I couldn't stop I told myself I had enough that I was letting go and that the end had finally arrived that the restaurant was over and now that now was the time to disappear four weeks later I would do exactly that I would leave for America flick the switch and self-destruct fuck cooking fuck everything like that's a pretty Heavy. honest way of, of talking about your journey as a cook and yeah. it's a really really cool insight so I, mm. that's another one of the reasons obviously why I brought Igni in but it's yeah that's a really cool but that's fantastic a good, that's book. a good read chef or yeah. like my mum's read it yeah like, she started at my place and she's like, oh, can I take this home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, like, she's like, do you kind of like relate to that? Like, do you yeah. kind of go through any of that? And I'm like, yeah, like lots of it, mum, you know? Like, yeah. She's like, it's pretty heavy, hey. <laughs> but anyway, so so that's a, you know, that's that's how I look at a book like Igni. Mm. The way the story is told, the production, yeah. the photography, um, and obviously... It yeah. sort of keep it just keeps you abreast of the you know the mentality of some of the people at the top of the yeah. game when it comes you, to you'd probably put that dining. Igni book down at the moment as, as a sort of must read for an Australian chef. Yeah, sure, if you definitely. Say, if, if there's any books you're gonna buy yeah. from Australian chefs, you'd and if you that if you if you've just got a real interest in you know hospitality, like if you're one of those people that has eighty reviews on TripAdvisor because you go to all the best places and you and you and you know what you're talking about, then read it because it's fucking interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, Good insight. Yeah, I guess. Look, I'm going to go backwards a little bit as well because I, I brought I brought along a couple of those books that I was talking about before, which sort of inform me a little bit on how to, on what to cook at home because they're yeah. simple. And I mentioned I mentioned going to Echo Bistro in Brisbane like a few podcasts ago and and talked about Philip Johnson, but this was like one of the first cookbooks I got probably eating in or probably not like I I, I was probably stealing it off my mum at the time, but it was just like the books just the ingredients that are used the flavor combinations the simplicity of some of the dishes in 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 this book and in the restaurant are just beautiful and they're really sort of like applicable to cooking at home and getting inspiration for just simple cooking that's just delicious and for the time the food photography again and the production of this book were absolutely amazing for me i can definitely see how like how far food yeah. photography's come for example you know production the way that stories That's, are told in books and things like mm. that it looks like looks like stuff you could cook, you could cook. Yeah. now doesn't it like yeah. Com- comparatively but, yeah. yeah but fuck me you'd cook that at home and be, yeah it does yeah like simple salads stuff like that exactly so look I just want to just chuck out a few recipes at random just at random braised fennel pine nuts raisins wild rocket persian feta and vincotto like so easy to do at home. Yeah. Yeah. That just looks fucking awesome. <laughs> it's just so delicious. Yeah. I think that does thing is that like, like the the chefy uh, kind of big had restaurant books that they're, they're pretty useless for following recipes. Oh. They're mm. always massively long and overly complicated. And you need a whole brigade. So like finding those those ones, be it you know by restaurants that are a little bit more relaxed. There's usually some really good stuff to pick up. Some really good stuff to cook. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, te- technique, story, and yeah. good flavors. Yeah, exactly. Know. Yeah. The, uh, um, 
yeah, this this sort of like informed a lot of mm. how I learned to cook and uh, the type of food that I like as well. Like I still I still just love simple yeah like a lot of the time just like yeah european like european influenced yeah simple stuff like yeah that's, that's it's so I, hard to beat you I know eat fucking a dozen oysters and a steak tartare <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like uh i guess i'll just i'll just do one more because i don't want to take up too much time but this is my favorite cookbook and it came out two years ago it's the australian fish and seafood cook- cookbook the ultimate kitchen companion by sussman huckstep swan and hodges uh I'm not going to go through all of them, but yeah. it's, it, it's a collection of people, writers, chefs, and people in the seafood industry who are just absolute masters and know what the fuck they're talking about. And it's just an awesome book because it's, it's essentially a reference book about seafood found in Australia with recipes intermingled into them. So you'll find a spread on Dory, which gives you... A, like, and it's so beautifully presented as well. The photography is amazing. It gives you a picture of what these dory are, and then it tells you about their seasonality, uh, sustainability, common weight, length, identifiable features, uh, catching method, and what you can use as alternatives in the kitchen if you can't find dory, for example. And then that will be followed with a couple of recipes for good ways of using dory, for it's example. Set yeah. up and then, really well. And then you go through t- to, you know eel mahi mahi uh and then and then you get into the shellfish side of things you know there's a section on clams and mussels and all those sorts of shellfish you've got crabs uh things like squid and octopus and then it gives you even gives you all these references at the back about how to clean a scallop how to shuck an oyster how to cure salmon how to how to skewer a prawn peel a prawn all these different references so it is actually really really helpful like it's a really good book for chefs and home cooks young young chefs as well that haven't touched a lot of seafood yeah young and old like whatever but great for it to a uh, gift for your apprentice or a yeah. great gift for or an just, just to have in the kitchen okay. so like we, we just have Reference. we just have books hanging around in the office and every so often we'll try and force one on when the apprentice is yeah. like take it home read it yeah yeah i i fucking love this book it's 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 probably my favorite cookbook because i'm obsessed with seafood mm. and um the production again like using using it as like inspiration for how how awesome cookbooks can be the production of it is just amazing like the photography in it the way that it's laid out uh the the writing and the cover is so understated the cover (laughs) looks like it is yeah like it is a reference book there's no photos on the cover um it is so understated and then when you go into the interior of the book it is stunning so yeah the Australian Fish and Seafood Cookbook. Um, yeah, so that's my three. Well, eating in this one and um, and Igni. Andy mm. brought in Igni as well, but Andy's got another one there. Uh, Momofuku. Yeah. Good book. Far out. Um, I think this is that. probably... This is... 2010, 2010 around there, yeah. Anyways, I, I just loved it so much because I think that Momofuku and the whole brand and David Chang as a chef did a lot for... Uh, the industry and a lot for restaurants that don't necessarily in a time where stuffy fine dining was the only way to be one of the top restaurants he changed the game in my opinion mm-hmm. he made it so it was more about the product um, you know his restaurant like his restaurant samba and that were like a big fuck you to fine dining basically um, and that was the whole intention you'd go in there and they're playing ACTC etc like pictures of John McEnroe on the wall it was just also backward mm. and that you know and so this book kind of helped 
for me, form the way I thought about food while I was developing more as a chef. Um, it's, it's, you know, a lot of technique in it, but it's really simple on the plate and really tasty to eat and done in a cool setting. And the book, he did it with Peter Mann. I think he, they did, um, oh, what was the magazine? Uh, Lucky Peach. Lucky yeah. Peach, yeah, they did that together as well. Um, but, I mean, it's got, it goes through the story as well of when they first opened Samba and, like, how they had very little money. You yeah, know, all the struggles that everyone goes through. It's an honest one as well, it is, it? it is pretty honest, yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it goes through just, obviously, obviously recipes, but stories behind said recipes. Um, a little bit about everything before it sort of goes into the use. You know, you've got, like, a little rundown on pickles, and then it goes through how to pickle different things, etc., and there's a lot you can do. There is a lot you can do at home. Hmm. There's a lot you probably yeah. can't. But there's heaps in this yeah, that you yeah. can just knock up at home. Al, Al Burnett and I, when we lived together for a while, we used to just cook shit out of this at home. Because we just enjoyed the, uh, cooking together. Did you make the pork bow recipe from start to finish ever? Which one? The bow. The oh, the buns. Bow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we made that at home. Like, I mean, we used to do them at home. That's one thing. It's on my list of things to do that I haven't done is, like, yeah. make that Momofuku. Yeah, you've got to. We, we changed it a bit. We changed it a bit to get it right. Yeah, right. Um, and we made it easier and got the same. Definitely. You like, changed the Momofuku recipe to get it right. Yeah, just because of the. Yeah. <laughs> well, for, right for us. Like, it's yeah, a bit right. different when you don't have a fucking, like, no. perfect proving temperature and stuff. That yeah, you yeah, yeah. Like, no, I know. I, know. I understand what no you mean. We've a fucking that's cup a challenge anyway, when it comes to making so books, too. It's the problem with fucking American recipes. Yeah, so, anyways, um, that's. <laughs> I, I Classic. Cook, cooked a lot out of that just whilst drinking beers at home with Burnett yeah, and then just yeah, having people around to eat. That's a. Yeah, for people who are interested in food, again, it's a it's a it's a bit of a must read in terms of yeah the psychology of of, of one of the people that really is shaping f- like food mm. in the world. One of the yeah. most well known people now as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I I love that one, and it's not like it's not massive, like it's not like incredibly yeah, long good, or anything. Yeah, either, so. good size. Anyhow, cool. Simon, so okay. What do you got? So I got two. Because there's kind of two different types of cookbooks I tend to use. So the, the glossy chef one, um, French Laundry cookbook uh, by Thomas Keller's mm-hmm. restaurant in Napa in California. I think I got this before I became a chef, and it was probably like I didn't I don't even really knew who it was. I just was in a shop looking at cookbooks and was like, what What is that? Like, and looked through yeah. it. And I was like, oh my god! And probably the first time I realised that food could be like that ridiculous and at that level and it's super dated now like it's you, so when you look, you look at it you're like oh so like yeah. it's everything stacked up it's pretty amazing but like at, I mean at the time not I'm that old but like looking at it was just like holy shit I didn't realise that like food could even be at that level yeah and in essence it was just like it is quite it looks like overly complex but it's quite simple and it was just about getting the best produce and cooking it precisely and in the best way so there's Again, presenting it like yeah you're not gonna I think I remember I tried to do like one of the recipes like before I was even training as a chef I was like I was just a, just a, a keen home cook and I tried to do like one of the raviolis and then just completely fucked it up yeah. <laughs> so I didn't let it dishearten me though um, so yeah definitely a classic very old school um, but some good stories about the producers and stuff um, so that kind of really inspired me when I was younger and then the other one I've got and I fucking love books like this like slightly shitty old books oh dude yeah. the glossy the glossy dust jackets yeah so yeah. like this is one of our regulars who's originally from Wales bought this in for me it's by Gilly Davis it's a taste of Wales Gilly Davis and it's, and it's just got like and I, I really like 
I've read Old it. girlfriend is Simon's oh. old gilly. <laughs> old gilly. So what are some of the recipes in A Taste of Wales? So yeah. take us through it. So, like, so again, like UK is, is very... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very like, French influence. So there's scallops with dill and sorrel, Anglesey eggs. No, that's Anglesey eggs. Ap- yeah, you're in oh, yeah, Anglesey eggs. Uh, what is it? Potatoes. <laughs> Everything's going to be potatoes. Um, potatoes, butter, plain flour, milk, kefili cheese, and four hard-boiled eggs. There's got to be. There's got to be. I know what this one's on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah. But the, one of the reasons I like books like this is because, like, it all looks. It's obviously this is probably from the eighties. It's all all very dated. But it is like in like there's chapters on each region of Wales, which is quite quite unique because Wales is tiny. But there's always like a reason that these recipes are in there is because there's there's flavor combinations in there that work. Mm. Of course, they're, they're super yeah. classic. So even like so Peter Jackson's plum raisin and walnut jam. There like, you go. That's nothing but those three He's things. A good director as well. Just, Peter yeah, Jackson, fuck as well it as is. It's actually him. Yeah, yeah. from Cardigan Bay. Too. Yeah, makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's in these like weird, even little crappy books like 101 desserts. There's always classic flavor combinations in there, and like a lot of time, if I'm thinking of a, of a dessert or of a dish, I like to just like start with that. Yeah, I like yeah. to just go like to taste.com and type in like canapé. Oh yeah, and then and see what I can fuck with and see what I can play around with. I do exactly and, that. Yeah, and yeah. I probably. That probably gets me to more desserts than like the glossy ones. Like yeah. If I need a recipe for a sorbet for something I find, I'll go to you know, Messina or whatever, whatever kind of uh, book it is. But I usually start with just like really shitty cookbooks. This, yeah. is, this is actually a bit better than some of the really shitty ones yeah, it, I have. It sort of it sort of runs in in the in the same paths as um you know like the Women's Weekly cookbooks. And, yeah, like stuff like and, that's and, great. And those sorts of things. That that Women's Weekly cookbook and the Women's Weekly in general has probably had more of an effect on food in Australia than any other cookbook. Home yeah. cooks? Yeah. Like, yeah. fuck yeah. 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 And, and also, um, shout out to the CWA cookbook as well. Which big, the Country big. Women's Association cookbook, yeah, right. which is the benchmark for scones, sponges, I've got, I've got a couple yeah. of my grandma's yeah. old books at home, actually, that I, I should have bought. Like, it's yeah, like right. one, it's a biscuit one. Yeah. And she's got, you know, spots marked in it. Like, it's... And, like, my grandma passed away, like, a decade ago, and I can't even fucking tell you how old this book is. But, yeah. like... That's that. that was, they're timeless. They're, yeah. and they're, and they're hilarious to look at yeah. as well. Yeah, like. yeah. And you could take some stuff. Like even like a biscuit cookbook, you, you might find a little thing to add to your dessert at some yeah, point. Like yeah. there's always something to take out. Like don't don't neglect the go to the cheap bookshop. Don't shop, count them out. Buy a load of like two dollar cookbooks. Just, just oh, yeah. fucking look through them and, and that's Vinny's man. There's some yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah even just, if it's just like if if it takes you a minute to flick through it and just like go, oh my god, that that fucking green savory jelly yeah, dish, yeah, yeah. like yeah. in a in a in a glass like yeah. on a glass stand. Some of the some of the old school eighties oh, and seventies sort of presentation. There's always some like, really cool names for stuff. I remember looking through one like years ago and there was a recipe for gentleman's relish. Yeah. And I was just like that's, what? That's actually I, like I've seen people, yeah, I've seen people, um, yeah. Cumula, cumulus ink. Yeah, yeah, I've seen people using that. Like, like, like I came yeah. up with it basically. Um, Sounds nasty. <laughs> But yeah, I was just like, holy fuck, that's just the best name. I don't even know what it is, but I want to use that on a menu one day. <laughs> like something, something, something with gentlemen's relish. I think relish. I actually did use it yeah, like right. one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and things like that. So there's always some like just classic uh, names of things, which I like. Well, get, I, can I give one more shout out to sure. a book? We won't get into this too much because it's like we'll do a, another thing on mental health, but um, Kitchen Confidential. Oh, Anthony okay, Bourdain yeah. Yeah, passed away this week. And yeah. that, that book is something that like... As a story, there's no recipes in it, but it's a fucking great story. And um, as far as young chefs go, like I had it handed to me, I think like 12 years ago. Maybe, yeah, yeah. To read and 
every, like it's a bit of a I guess rite of passage like you know yeah, you, you yeah. read this like see what it was really like blah 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 but that is a, that's a great that's a fucking great book yeah, like, yeah one the, for the, the ages that, that is that's a must read like yeah definitely a definite must read older chef younger chef anyone that. industry or not industry I think yeah. I think my mum's read it like again like she reads a lot but like Read, read for any, it's for anyone yeah exactly like, and it's yeah. a good insight into the industry Definitely. yeah and you might understand why there was Instagram was basically Anthony Bourdain tributes yeah. for about 48 hours reason for that. after he died and the reason is, is that that book especially had such a massive influence on a whole generation of chefs and, mm. and, and foodies yeah. us included yeah well exactly yeah. yeah yeah I remember like being basically instructed to read that I got by, it by hand, my first yeah, exactly. bosses that, that, with that Marco's book uh, White Heat yeah White yeah. Heat um, and then a couple of others was like read them I mean there are there are so many we only bought a couple but that one was really important to me yeah exactly and and as a a a book about chefs not about recipes and cooking at home it was very much about the industry so that that Mm. was a a very important um, it was also very real it's a biography novel kind of uh, doesn't really fit into much much of a space but yeah good read read that good read sad sad time for the industry sad sad time for the industry certainly um, yeah, and we will be doing uh, another whole podcast um, concerning sort of mental health in the industry and things yeah. like that because it's a massive, massive issue. Mm. Shout, um, yeah. Give someone a shout if you know that they're not feeling good. Exactly. Because yeah. it can help. It's an interesting situation where when it comes to things like suicide, we need, we, we don't need, but a lot of the time it's the death of a prominent figure or celebrity or something like that that brings yeah. it to the forefront. Um, it's something that happens all the time, every day, to all sorts of normal people. So, yeah, as you say, Simon and Andy, give your mate a shout, ask people if they're okay, um, and if you are struggling, talk about your feelings or call Lifeline or something like that because there's people that want to help you out. If you're in the the industry, look after one another. Look after one another. Mm. Leave five-star reviews. (laughs) It'll help. Um, Okay, cool. Yeah, that's just about it for show and tell. Like, I mean, we just wanted to sh- talk about cookbooks. So there you go. Yeah. Let's talk about cookbooks. I mean, I could put, talk about cookbooks so for I, fucking Steph, years. I, I, actually, I, it was interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to see what cookbooks you have, and I'd like to talk to you about it more because it's like so different the way yeah, yeah, Simon yeah. and I think about them yeah. to the way you like. I haven't even got like started. Us, it's like, like us I can walking into a restaurant. About yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like exactly. us walking into yeah, someone yeah, else's yeah. restaurant and going, "Oh, this is cool." Yeah, oh, we, we, we need to get like a home cooking as well to like see how they use cookbooks. And they are so different. Well, there's there's shit well, books I, and great actually books. Actually, yeah. one book I don't know how much time we have, but a book that I brought in, not much, not much. That's right. We're almost done. This is the very first book that Quicksand did. Which is the Capital Cookbook, the oh, very, so, first, yeah, the right. very, very first one that my mum published um, in two thousand and four. Two thousand four. Yeah, in two thousand and four. So my mum started our business Holy in two thousand and four um, because she was in the hospitality industry in Canberra. Oh, how good is that? And um, Whoa, was that fucking much and yeah, shit. sort of knew knew everyone in hospitality wow. and wanted to showcase the the region. And Straight it's just yeah, it's a compendium of recipes yeah. from 2004 in Canberra, yes. photography of the area and stuff like that. But it's amazing to see the way that it's come. We're just looking at this Madri Creek venison braised red cabbage celeriac puree and port jus dish from oh, Courgette, yeah. and it's it's all sort of like fanned out across the page yeah. and uh, across the uh, across the plate and stuff. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. come such a long way, but this is the this it's, is the book that kind of started it all. Yeah, and so. and um, I was I was doing my HSC while Mum was in the process of making this book, and she had basically an office going in our house that was where she had graphic designers and photographers and stuff sitting there all the time. Um, and yeah, I'd come in from doing my HSC exams and be studying late and things like that. And mm. um, yeah, 
Pretty cool. So, but pretty cool that you're doing it now. Yeah, it's an interesting. Yeah, yeah. Still got this book. That's sick. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so this is kind of where it all started. Looking at some of these old older cookbooks definitely shows like like what changes with chefs and restaurants is plating changes. <laughs> wow. is the, that, can you put that so we've just place? uncovered an old picture I just of showed the boys, I just showed the boys a picture of me in this book how, when I was like a that's, front rower let's uh, go so Instagram 17 yeah Killing maybe it. I should put that one on Instagram yeah <laughs> that was that's funny. gonna come up <laughs> anyway the Capital Cookbook okay. not available um, at all so <laughs> you're right yeah. last copy cheers guys sorry <laughs> um, I am that'll do it then cool let's uh, let's wrap up there's a few things that we'll quickly talk about um Events and news and stuff. Um, look, we'll talk about events in a second. Uh, just quickly shout out again to Cold Coast Magazine who released their second issue uh, last week, mm. I think it was, and another really great issue. Caveau's got a write-up in this one and I wrote an article uh, about foraging and, mm. and it basically based off the... Uh, foraging podcast that we did which was a couple of episodes ago so you could go back and listen to that foraging podcast or read the article in Cold Coast Mag or on the Quicksand Food website um, again yeah just shout out to to those guys for supporting small businesses and mm. um, you know community, community projects yeah. and stuff in the area like they've got an article on uh, plastic free Wollongong and it goes through a couple of the venues that have chosen to go single use plastic free um, things on art, things on stuff to do in Wollongong yeah. and the, the Illawarra. The yours and ours, right? I thought it was really interesting as well. It was, really, was a really good read. Yep, um, it, looks, it looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah it looks amazing. The front cover's like. fantastic. Oh, yeah. the food on it's fucking <laughs> <laughs> left, left to be desired. But <laughs> the photography is average, there, so that's oh. all right. <laughs> Sorry, Steph Kibos, Kibos Kibos on available color. for all your food. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Needs. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, cool. Shout out to those guys for Cold Coast Mag guys. Do you have any events coming up you want to talk about? I uh, have uh, Southern New South Wales wine dinner next Friday. So a couple of tables for that. So wines from uh, Canberra District, Tumbarumba, Hilltop, Scandagai. Uh, really sick lineup. Uh, five wines, five courses. Then next month we have two nights of truffle dinner from uh, Robertson Truffles which we went up to the other day mm. and yeah. saw some truffles get harvest looking pretty banging uh, so yeah seven courses all using truffle including dessert I saw you sniffing around up there <laughs> <laughs> facing the ground I was like I can fucking do that it's just uh yeah you can actually July yeah if people are interested in getting involved in uh, truffles in, in truffle season they it's do, a big thing in Canberra but um Robertson Truffles do yeah, truffle do, hunts public truffle yeah, hunts that you can get involved in the other day. Really, really nice couple um, yeah new, new owners of that yeah. um, that farm as well so mm. yeah that's a fantastic fantastic thing to get involved in Andy any events next where, where are we 28th we've got a veggie of June veggie dinner yep um, can be vegan too just we've got a we've, we've kind of just put it out and we're just waiting on dates from um, a couple of people for different events but we've got Erica and Hayden from Epicurean Harvest coming down from their farm in Hartley, um, which is really awesome. cool because yeah. they're yeah they're all the farmers are doing it um, pretty tough at the moment with exactly. the lack of water, pretty scary time for them. So they're going to do a bit of a talk on the night, which will be really fun. They supply some amazing like CPR, like they've got a Martin Ben patch, they've got a Peter Gilmore patch, Esther Fred's like automata. So we're, we're lucky. Um, 
I hustled them for a while to get produce off to, to get it allocated basically some. Um, so really stoked. They're lovely people. Um, come meet them. It's, it's 70 bucks. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun and something different. Like I enjoy cooking vegetarian and vegan food um, from time to time. And so like the boys and the kids, it's always interesting to do something different mm, at, at yeah. the restaurant. And it's always... I think it must be a challenge for you guys as well. Oh, so for to sure. put something on like that where... Yeah, you, you don't have a protein to, you know, yeah, to showcase. To showcase. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you got to, you got to just have new and interesting ways. We've got a lot of pantry items like misos and stuff that we can make vegetable vegetables take really tasty with. So it should be should be a fun night. And again, Erica and Hayden will be there. And produce from not them getting, and, not and come down. he can't come. Um, produce from Moon Acres and Epicurean Harvest. Yes. So it'll be both the farms on the night. So Moon Acres is in Fitzroy Falls. Um, and they're. You know, very much the same ethos as Erica and Hayden, and they're both really, really hardworking people. He unfortunately can't be there on the night. Thursdays are a tough day for them. Would have been nice to have him too. Mm. But um, shout out to both of those guys and get in and yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it, it, I, I, I think that getting involved in these sorts of dinners, especially ones where the producers come along, if you're if you're out there and you're into food, especially if you're vegetarian or uh, or vegan, to to get into a restaurant and um, meet the producer and have their produce showcased they're going to talk to you and stuff it gives you such an awesome insight into not only what the producers do but also the connection between the chefs and producers and how much respect there is in that relationship and that's what you guys try to strive for in your businesses exactly Mm. so uh, definitely get along to things like that Um, yeah we do have we've got a couple more in the works as well and we do have we will be doing something in Canberra we haven't got a date yet Mm -hmm. Nico from Bar Rockford still Overseas, but I was chatting with Dane from Memento Mori at Wet Dreams, and I think we're going to link up. So Memento Mori will do the wine, and Babyface will do the food mm-hmm. at Bar Rockford. So yeah, cool. That place, like is a, that place is a bit of a party yeah. atmosphere, like late at night. So it should be. Yeah, we, we've got to work out the details. Not sure when it's going to happen, but um, Canberra but it looks like it mm. looks like it will happen. So that should be heaps of fun. Cool. Um, we're going to talk. I'm going to talk about a couple of events that are happening around the Illawarra that don't necessarily necessarily concern any of us. Uh, this weekend, June fifteenth, uh, sixteenth. So that's today. If we can get this podcast out in time, Brendan Cato from the Farm Table is doing a dinner at Earthwalker in Coldale. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you guys say about the Farm Table? Nice bloke. Nice yeah. bloke. Knows his shit about foraging. He was yeah. he's like OG Wollongong sort forager. of forager, yeah. and he's a, he's a lovely dude, and he makes wine now too. Yeah, interestingly enough. Yeah, I think they're going to serve some of that too. Yeah. Oh, they are. Cato. Yeah, he's. Um, Knows stuff. Use use some really good ingredients from the local area. So um, yeah, and he's always been a bit of a like you know, um, he showcasing local stuff. Like yeah. he's been doing that for well since I since I've known him since I was back at Diggy's way back when. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Okay, another one. Um, Dinner with a conscience, which is an I accelerate sort of initiative at the innovation campus. It's a big dinner. Uh, and the collaborators, I mean, firstly, this one focuses on food sustainability. So it's giving an insight into food sustainability through uh, dishes from a bunch of different venues from around the Illawarra. So we've got Jon and Emma from Miller's Local Bakehouse and Eat at Sandy's, um, Bill and James, Barlissimo, Diggies, Rookie, and Aspire Events. And I think Needing Ruby yeah, yeah, as well yeah. are getting involved in yeah, that no, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you guys did that. Last year, Simon, what can you tell people about that? Uh, yeah, so um, Big Dinner, we all sort of came together last year, came up with the menus, lots of local produce, um, and then all sort of 
jumped in on the night and helped everyone play and knocked out some some really cool food. So it's good. It's good to see um, venues around Wollongong working together. Um, they also have lots of talks on over the, a couple of days and accelerate about food sustainability and things like that. So, so it's a really good um, initiative by those guys. Um, so yeah, we, we think we're going to be away this year, so we, we couldn't do it, but uh, I'm sure the guys will knock up some pretty cool food. It'd be great. Uh, and then when, when is it, sorry? Oh, sorry, that one it's is August. the 7th of August yeah. at the Innovation Campus. And then we've got, um, yeah, Jon from Eat at Sandy's doing another Chef Studio dinner, which he's done um, quite a few of now. They sort of each focus on a different you know, aspect of food, whether it's a technique or a product or whatever it might be, and get a few chefs together to collaborate around that. And so this one, which is on the 2nd of July at Eat at Sandy's, is about fermentation. So... Dan from the Bread Circle, obviously, um, you know, cultured sourdough, he's going to talk about that and, and, and do some cool things in the kitchen there with that. Uh, Matt from Needing Ruby, uh, who used to be at the Dolphin, he's, a, he's sort of been at Needing Ruby for a few months now. Mm. Um, obviously, Jon from Eat at Sandy's and Dylan from Studio Neon will be collaborating on the Chef Studio Dinner at Eat at Sandy's 2nd of July. Get in there. Get yeah. in there. Uh, a couple of things that I wanted to quickly talk about um, and plug. Hidden Harvest has a campaign at the moment which is really cool called When Life Gives You Lemons and essentially they have put crates at half a dozen or so different drop-off points around the Illawarra so Flame Tree Co-op in The Rule there's one at the Uni there's one at the Sourced Bulk Foods here in in the mall in, in Wollongong mm. uh, you can find out where the other ones are at the Hidden Harvest website basically it's citrus season and everyone's got trees around here just on my block there's probably 20 different citrus trees and a lot of the time people can't use all of their citrus and it falls on the ground and rots and goes to waste so people have the op option to either just pick their citrus and take them along to one of these pla places put their excess citrus in the crates and then people from the community are uh, able to just come and grab a bag of citrus for free from these crates or if you don't have the ability to pick all your citrus. Maybe you've got a massive tree and it's just too much work um, and you don't have any equipment, ladders or whatever it might be. Or you are, uh, you know, or if you're elderly or disabled or whatever it might be, Hidden Harvest will send volunteers to your house to pick your citrus. They'll give you whatever you need and take the rest around to the donation points around the Illawarra. And it's How just cool a really cool yeah. way of... Um, Great idea. It's a really cool way of just so not, wasting, waste. yeah. not wasting so much of this citrus that is around this time of year. And if you're a punter and... Please don't buy any lemons. Just go go to these places. Yeah. All the crates are chockers at yeah, the right. moment. Like yeah, right. just chock a block full of lemons and oranges and kumquats and grapefruits and all that great stuff. So get down to one of those one of those venues. You can find it all on the Hidden Harvest uh, website or Facebook or Instagram, and get yourself some free citrus and yeah, tell tell people about it if you know any, anyone mm. with a citrus tree that might need a hand picking at all. Tell them you can just email Hidden Harvest. They'll send a crew of volunteers over to your place. You might see me there as well. And fucking go Hidden Harvest because you guys rock generally. Yeah, that's mm. cool. Nice work, guys. Um, that's almost it. I want to plug quickly. I'm I'm doing a new show on Fox FM. If you don't know, I also host a radio show on Community Radio here in the Illawarra on Fox yeah, FM. Never been on it. My on new yeah, I know. We need to get Andy. <laughs> maybe next time um, on Tuesday night. I'll try to get you both in. Spin discs on yeah. this Tuesday night. Anyway, banging tunes. Basically, uh, yeah, I'm doing Tuesday nights on Vox FM from eight until ten p.m. Playing music and talking shit. Um, I want to try to have some guests in there, and I want to try to get as many sort of like community messages out there as possible whether it's you know 
environmental causes, social causes, events, whatever it might be. If you've got something that you want me to talk about on the radio, um, hit us up with an email, um, and that's the same goes goes the same for this podcast you can hit us up with an email info at quicksandfood.com but um yeah listen out 106.9 on vox yeah. fm on tuesday nights 8 till 10 p.m you can make song requests you can call me whatever it's just yeah. a bit of fun um put it on when you're cleaning the kitchen down chuck it on when you're yeah. cleaning the kitchen yeah. down listen to some the tunes fucking bangers on top of bangers, bangers yeah. you can just call bangers look, bangers seriously there are that little there are that little people that call up and make requests that i literally do play any request <laughs> yeah, yeah so right. if you want to hear your song on the radio i'm then, calling in tuesday then call in on tuesday yeah. night uh you guys social media uh, at Babyface Kitchen, at Chef Andy Burns, at two underscore smoking barrels. Simon? Cavo uh, underscore restaurant on Instagram, Cavo on Facebook, Simon underscore Evans underscore Cavo, my Instagram. Cool. Um, underscore. Yeah. Underscore. Quicksandfood.com. You can listen to the podcast there. You can get all the links to all the podcasts there. You can That's also get more of them by searching. Quicksand Food on iTunes or whatever podcast app that you listen to. And if you want to support this, please leave us a five-star review. And, uh, yeah, write a comment or something like that and tell us how you think. Um, Tell us what you think of this podcast because feedback's valuable and we want your feedback. So if you have ideas for guests, if you have ideas for the talking points, if you know anyone who's a professional in something that we might want to talk about and you want to point them in our direction, anyone that has anything to, anything who wants to say anything about food in the region Fucking or anywhere. food yeah. in general, yeah. get in touch with us and tell us you want to be on the show yeah. or you want to I think talk I, I to us. a few people who've said they'd like to be on the show. I think if you just, just come up with something interesting to talk about and we'll talk about it. That's I think it. that's the main thing. And yep. Steph, Steph won't do it, so I'm going to, like, it's a cookbook episode here. Come on. Uh, if you haven't got one already, if you haven't got one already, get the Illawarra because like it's a fucking great looking book. I, I was I knew it was going to be good because I got to know Steph during the process. But when you act, when I actually got it and opened it, when I gave it to my parents and my in laws and family, they opened it and said, "Wow, this is actually like really fucking good." Yeah, and and it, and it like it is really good and it's yeah. cheap. Well, that's exactly what it is. Right. So. Yeah. Check it out. We tried to make a book that actually stands up next to uh, some of the other ones that you see on the shelves. It's been a challenge. It looks great. Photos are awesome. Available all over the place. We got some. Yeah, where can we find it? Oh, just go go to our. We've got a find us section on quicksandfood.com that has a list of retailers, or you can buy it online. Done. Cool. Sweet. Uh, Thanks for listening to this episode. I'm spent. Um, We'll uh, (laughs) we'll see we'll we'll see you with the next episode. (laughs) Later. Later. Thanks, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.